This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of The Hangover. I'm Daniel. Alongside with me, as always, is Shannon White. Shannon, how, how you doing, my man? How was your weekend? I had a wonderful weekend. My, uh, we celebrated my father-in-law's birthday, and we had a, a family uh, get-together yesterday. So, yeah, it, it was just a really nice weekend, and and hasn't been a bad Monday so far. <laughs> not at all, man. Not at all. For me, it's a little bit busy, and, and this weekend was was exciting. We got some news over the weekend. Mason Cole was released. And, yep, yep. you know, I, I think that to me, it was a little bit of surprise when it comes down to the timing of it. Typically when the Steelers were, you know, going to maybe target a position, whether it be in free agency draft or both, you know, they kind of waited a little bit closer to that time uh, or maybe even possibly in position to acquire somebody already before releasing a player. Mm-hmm. So releasing them at this point or at this juncture, was was a little bit of a head scratch. What did you think about the about the about the cut? What did you think about the timing in it and things like that? Yeah, I, I've I've been a little surprised uh, with the core four when they cut him. Uh, just from the he has value. I thought uh, you know sounds like it on the free agent market. Thieves are interested, so mm-hmm. I was a little shocked there. Uh, I understand letting Trubisky you know let him try to find somewhere else. Um, but yeah, Cole, I was really shocked. It, the Steelers are definitely not trying to hide their hand. I mean, they're, they're like, we've got things we got to do this off season. And that's just putting the emphasis on Con and Waddle to get it done. Cause they're, they're not playing around. Oh yeah, for sure. And they're going to have, in my opinion, a pretty good opportunity to acquire some pretty good talent when it comes to this year's free agency. I mean, we just also got some pretty good news over the, you know, since the last time that you and I were on uh, that the cap is increased by significantly more than was expected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the Steelers still have some moves to make. I, I know that Allen Robinson, he's still on the team. He, he can save the Steelers some money, whether or not he's getting cut or if he restructures his deal for something else. Uh, I think that the Steelers are putting themselves in position to make a, to be very aggressive this upcoming free agency. And before we get into what they could go into or who they could select today, what we want to do is kind of look back and look at what the Steelers did last season in free agency and kind of give our grades and then also in the draft. So without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, Let's talk about the first player uh, that we that I had heard about that came off the board uh, for the Steelers when it came down to uh, who they got during free agency was. Um, Isaac Sayomalu. I thought this was a huge move for the Steelers. Uh, I thought, though, however, you know, when you look at what what Kevin Dotson did this year, I know that it wasn't 
with the Steelers. And I know, you know, maybe perhaps it was a better fit. I don't know. I know that last season or the season before uh, Kevin Dotson had, uh, I thought he did all right, especially in the running game. I thought he was improving game in, game out. Um, I, I don't know. I think it was kind of a, almost, I think it was just a slightly better, uh, it's better with Isaac Sayomalo than, than Kevin Dotson. What were your thoughts on Isaac Sayomalo? Um, well, first off with Kevin Dotson, I agree with you. I like people movers. I like big boys that can move people against their will. And he was very, very good at that. But he never clicked with the coaching staff. I do not understand why. There was rumors that he didn't work on things they wanted him to work on, and he was all focused on power. And they wanted him to work on his footwork and his technique. And so they kind of butted heads. It's a shame they couldn't get it worked out because I really like Dotson. But he did make some errors that were just unacceptable for the veteran performer that he was. And he played excellent with the Rams and now he's in line to get a very good contract. So, but I was very happy to get Isaac Somalu. Um, the only thing that held Somalu back was in 20 and 21, he suffered injuries. Um, and, you know, then during the Super Bowl run for the for the Eagles, you know, he he was one of their best linemen. And he, he had a great connection with Kelsey, Jason Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And so I was very, very excited. But he came to Pittsburgh, and then there's the, you know, filling out process and getting used to new line mates and new coaching. And Mason Coles was a far cry from – Jason Kelsey, obviously. <laughs> uh, and then he had Dan Moore on the other side. So it took him, I thought, to mid-season to really find his group. After he did, I thought he had an excellent second half of the season. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he did have a second half of the season resurgence. I thought he was better off there. You know, and that kind of happened last year, too, or the season before, I apologize. When it comes to the offensive line, I thought that they progressed better as the season went on. Yeah. And I think a lot of that had to do with them building chemistry and camaraderie and, you know, starting over new, new player in that position. And you also um, are anticipating a new player in the tackle position. Uh, I guess you should expect there to be some sort of growing pains early on when it came to, to Isaac Sayomala. Um, But overall, I think, like I said, I think it it was a, it wasn't a bad um, pickup whatsoever. I just don't see the, think that it was, as big of an improvement as we thought it was going to be, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I would give it, um, we kind of talked about maybe giving them a grade a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do um, that. I'm, I'm tempted to give it a B plus, but I'll probably just give it a B because uh, as you say, he he didn't make the, the mistakes that we were seeing from Dodson. Mm-hmm. But then as the year went on, we realized that some of the issues were coming from the guys on both sides of him. And you could say the same thing for Dotson. He had to go through that too. So, um, you know, because he played so well in L.A. So I'm going to give it a B. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing, a B with him. Uh, You know, just because there wasn't that huge – you know, step forward, that jump and improvement in the offensive line. And I didn't think there was a step backwards either. So, yeah, I, I give it a solid B as well. You know, the next positions that were were attended to that uh, of needs and importance was the inside linebacker. 
the Steelers ended up going with uh, Cole Holcomb and Elander Roberts, uh, two guys that, uh, you know, I thought that they did well when healthy. And, you know, also two guys that ended up uh, having significant injuries throughout the year. And Landon did finish the year, but obviously wasn't a brace. Um, what were your thoughts on Cole Holcomb? You know, he was the green dot guy. He got the three-year deal. I know he got injured about midway through a little bit, you know, post midway through. But up to that point, I thought he was doing well. I hope he can come back the same, though. Yeah, it was such a uh, – taken out by friendly fire, mm-hmm. and it's such a devastating injury. They didn't even show the replay because it was so bad, but you've seen it online. Uh, the knee is not supposed to be in that direction. And um, so that concerns me. I know they've come so far now with surgeries and rehab, um, but at the very least, I think he misses the beginning of the year. So the Steelers inside linebacker is a much bigger need than people realize right now because, you know, Quan uh, Alexander, another guy they signed, is an unrestricted free agent again. He's coming off an Achilles injury, and the year prior he tore the other Achilles. Coming back from one's tough. Coming back from two, you know, at a position that requires explosiveness and change of direction, that could be, you know, really career-defining. So, you know, both of those two guys were the starters, uh, Holcomb and Alexander, and they were excellent. But then they went down back-to-back weeks. Um, so I was very happy with Holcomb. I thought Holcomb uh, was a huge upgrade, and he was getting his uh, feet under him again because, you know, he missed a lot the previous season. He started getting his feet back under him and and was comfortable in, in, in calling the, the formations. Where in that green dot, it wasn't it, it wasn't affecting him and and causing him to hesitate like he does a lot of guys. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was very happy with Holcomb prior to the injury. Uh, I'll give him a B plus because he was a real upgrade over what they had the year before. Yeah, I'm, I'm right along there with you. Um, I think that he was a huge upgrade compared to what Devin Bush was, no, and I thought, like you said, he was definitely you know somebody that was getting more comfortable with the defense. He was he was shining through. That injury was just so devastating. You know, I think I think I may have been there. Was that the one? Um, that was the Tennessee game. Yeah, I was there. He was covering Hopkins uh-huh. on a short crosser, and when he was tackling him, uh, I think it was Kazee w- was cut from the other side and mm-hmm. leg whipped him. Yeah. And it was it was nasty. Yeah, yeah, I was there. I was at that game, and, and I was behind it, unfortunately, because that's in the end zone. So I didn't see what happened to the leg. I just saw him like do a hop and then flip in the air and land on his back. And I was like, that didn't look right. And (laughs) it wasn't. (laughs) And yeah, sure enough. um, I don't think they showed the replay on that one uh, in the stadium either. They did the Nick Chubb one and that one was nasty too. Uh, Similar wrong direction. mm -hmm. I was, I was in stadium for both of those injuries. Mm. And so, um, yeah, that one was, was horrific. I, I hope he can come back. You know, I hope he can be the guy that that he was trending to be. And maybe perhaps, you know, the Steelers can, you know, get this offensive going and not rely on the defense so much to play a majority of the game. Maybe perhaps that will also improve the chances of him going the entire season without a major injury and things like that. Um, So I I, I do give him about a BB plus. Um, When it comes to Landon Robert, I I give him an A basically just because, like, he's – he stepped up every time that mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers needed him. 
And then even when he went down with an injury, he was a wild man out there with a brace on and, and still being very competitive and being the best option at the middle linebacker position for the Pittsburgh Steelers at that time. You know, his that's being a leader. That's showing by example. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I couldn't, you know, I'm glad that that he's going to be back this upcoming year. And I think he can be, again, a guy that can be a rotational guy. You know, I think the Steelers need to go out there and get another inside linebacker, you know, somebody quicker. And and that way it's not just so much on you, Landon, like it was towards the end of the season last year. What are your thoughts on Landon Roberts? Yeah, I think Landon, uh, it's funny, it popped up on my Facebook um, that two years ago I wrote that there was a linebacker that could follow um, uh, Flores from Miami. Brian Flores, yeah, and yeah. I wrote about a Landon Roberts two years ago, a year before he come to Pittsburgh. And in that article, I said he was the perfect fit, and I was right because <laughs> he brought that physicality that the Steelers had not had at middle linebacker since Vince Williams. And I thought Roberts was just, you know, he was the answer to prayer for me because here was a guy that when he hit guys, they stopped moving forward. I mean, Roberts put a lick on some people. And to me, that was something that had been missing. You know, you didn't fear coming across the middle or running up the middle on the Steelers. But with Roberts, you had to. You had to have your head on that swivel. So uh, our grades have been very similar so far, but I also considered Roberts based on salary, need, and performance an A. I give him an A grade. So now he needs a running mate this year. Because like I said, right now, they really don't have anybody for sure. He's the for sure. So, uh, as you said, they need to get another, I think, a free agent. And I think they need to, in the draft, which we'll get to in the coming weeks, they need to get that next young stud. Uh, You know, that's something that every great stiller defense has, and they don't have right now. Yeah, I agree with you. That inside linebacker position is key. I mean, that's the quarterback of the defense. You know, that's the person that's going to be calling the plays, directing people, being the communicator. And, you know, the Steelers just haven't had one close to Ryan Chazier since Ryan went down. And if they can find somebody who can, uh, you know, take on that green dot role and not Mm -hmm. affect their play and and be durable, you know, I I think that's what you need. You know, I know. Like you said, Holcomb hopefully will be back. Yeah. And then you could have a good rotation again because they had it for a while last year before the injuries hit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and, and they were devastating. I mean, one after another, it was it was just snake bitten. I think it was the yeah. term that that Mike Tomlin used, and it was very accurate to describe that. Um, Alec, uh, Quan Alexander, we brought him up be- briefly. He was, you know, acquired a little bit later on in free agency, but he did play the middle linebacker position. You know, for me, I gave him probably a B as well. I think that had he finished the season. He probably would be up there a little bit higher, but, um, you know, his, I think he had a Achilles tendon rupture. I think it's mm-hmm. the second one. One Now he has one on each leg. I hope he, you know, can make it back to the field one day. I, I don't know. I mean, those type of injuries can be career-ending, especially at his age. Um, but overall, I thought he did well with the Steelers. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, he was physical. He was quick. I mean, I'm probably putting him down. I'll probably put him more on a B-plus while he was, you know, out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was very impressed with him. I thought that when he was out there, many times he was the better linebacker of the three. And just unfortunate that he went down with that leg injury as well. And um, 
I don't know if he's going to be back. I think I'm less optimistic about him returning to the, you know, the black and gold than I am when it comes to, you know, obviously Cole Holcomb or Landon Roberts. Uh, but I gave him a B plus. Where are you at on Cole, on Alexander, Quan Alexander? Yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, I agree totally. Uh, B plus when he was healthy. Uh, you know, he took the job away from Landon Roberts. Starting the year was Holcomb and Roberts. And then you couldn't keep Alexander off the field. And that's the video's MO his whole career. He is an excellent athlete, excellent hitter, uh, tremendous player, but he can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's been the drawback. And the Steelers for half the year got the best uh, you got to see of Alexander. You know, I mean, he was really playing well. Uh, and then again, you know, that it was a non contact injury and that's how Achilles are usually. And, um, so, uh, that concerns me because I think they could sign him obviously on the cheap because he's another one's going to miss part of the season, Mm -hmm. but you know, how much explosiveness will he have? How much will it impact him? Um, so I don't, I don't want to try to count on him at all. And then if it works out, it works out. But, uh, I would also give him a B plus when he was playing. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if he comes back, um, you know, uh, and if he does, what level of play he's going to be at. You know, that Achilles tendon will change you, you know, and a half yeah. two of them. That's weird. Or not yeah. weird. That's 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 rough. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Um, all right. So tra- uh, moving on, uh, Patrick Peterson was a guy also on defense that the Pittsburgh Steelers brought in. He's a cornerback. You know, he was replacing uh, Cam Sutton, who. From all, all indications were that the Pittsburgh Steelers were trying to re-sign. They gave him an offer. It just seems like the Lions gave him one that was mm-hmm. a little bit more. And he came in. He was supposed to be the guy that can do some of the things that Cam Sutton did, you know, play outside, play in the slot, maybe perhaps even some safety. And I think we saw him play all three levels. I know he started off a little bit rough, uh, but I think he did get his footing down in the safety position. So overall, I'm going to give him a B- minus uh, for the entire season. Uh, like I said, I think early on he struggled, and, he, and I think he realized at a certain point that maybe the speed wasn't there anymore, and he 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 adjusted his game. You know, there was less, you know, him getting burned, and I think that you know having you know Joy Porter Jr. on on the opposition's number one probably helped that out a lot too. Uh, I don't know if he's coming back. I know that he made some comments here recently on his podcast, whether or not that you know it's a business and. He's not sure if they're going to bring him back. He'd like to come back. Um, but overall, I gave him a B- minus for his play. What, what were your thoughts in, on Patrick Peterson's play and, and maybe even his future as a Pittsburgh Steeler? For me, Patrick Peterson is one of the more polarizing additions last year <clears throat> because, you know, a lot of people talked about his leadership, uh, helping Pat, uh, Joey Porter Jr., and I do believe he did. Uh, but Joey Porter Jr. is a supremely confident athlete, as we know. I mean, he was calling out everybody uh, before games, and uh, which usually I would recommend against. But it gets him fired up, and it helps him compete. So, so I don't know if he needed a lot uh, of help uh, because Peterson's performance. I've watched him have a Hall of Fame career, but he's no longer that player. He's lost a step or two. Um, so I was disappointed, uh, and especially earlier in the season. 
And as you said, he did kind of find his footing. Um, and he would move into the slot some. And I thought he'd give him some decent minutes. I think a lot of times I look at him as decent because I looked at Le'Veon, I mean, at uh, Levi Wallace. And if you try to compare anybody to Levi Wallace, they look good. Mm-hmm. But Peterson, um, he's not a safety. He He's not a safety in that he's not physical enough. He's not a good enough tackler, as we've seen, and in the playoffs. Uh, so I think the, the experiments run its course. I think he needs to be gone. Uh, I don't really expect him back because I do not want him at safety for the Steelers. Uh, but based just on his performance, uh, I would give him a C. Give him a C. That's solid. That's solid. You know, I, I thought that <clears throat> basically just kind of because he moved around and he was forced to play in oh, yeah. different yeah. positions and gave him to B minus. That that upped it to the minus for me. But, yeah, I don't think he's going to come back either. Um, you know, during, um, I guess it was like training camp or, or, or when they um, were bringing out the free agents that the Pittsburgh Steelers brought, and it was on their website, and they had their picture, and and they had a picture there, and then at the bottom they had Patrick Peterson, and I was like, who, who's that coach with yeah. all these players? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, he's up there, you know. I mean, yeah. I'm glad he came. You know, I appreciate the effort oh, and, and, and what yeah. he was able to do and the positions that he was willing to play. Uh, but you know, when you're going up against the Joe Burrows, the Lamar Jackson, oh, yeah. and and who knows who the Browns will bring in if they're going to stick with Deshaun or not. But, you know, when you're seeing those quarterbacks twice a year and they're going to be throwing the ball and and you're going to need to be um, – you're gonna, in my opinion, you're gonna get, you need to get quicker. You need to get faster. You know, getting oh, slower yeah. is not where it needs to be. So, yeah, I don't, I don't foresee him coming back either. Uh, sticking to the defensive side, uh, Brendan Fihoko was another guy that the Pittsburgh Steelers brought in. You know, initially thoughts were that he was going to be that run stuffer. Stuffer, he was going to be the, um, you know, the guy plugging the hole in the middle there. And most of the time, he didn't even get a helmet or was on the team. I think he was in the practice squad for majority <laughs> of the season. So I, I'm going to give him a D just because he really didn't play. Um, when he did play, he didn't pop off the field, off no. the tape or anything. So I'm going to go ahead and give him a D. Uh, I don't know if he's on the on the team this upcoming year or not as far as contract goes, but if he's not signed, I don't foresee him being re-signed. What, what are your thoughts on Fioka? Yeah, I think eventually somebody signed him off the Steelers practice squad. So I think he's uh, – I, I don't remember where he's at now, but uh, I expected him to really make a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked about it all offseason. I thought he was going to, you know, be that run stepper. And uh, so I'm giving him an F, and I'm giving me an F. <laughs> uh, because I was totally wrong. He never saw the field. Uh, he did not impress the coaches, obviously, in practice or anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And he just uh, – uh, I don't even know if it wasn't a good fit, but, I mean, as bad as Montrevious Adams was against the run and Fahoko couldn't get on the field, um, I was wrong. And, and Fahoko, he was not the answer, so I'll give him an F. Yeah, I do too. Uh, sticking to the defensive line, Larry Ganjobi was signed to a three-year deal, $28.75 million contract last season. Going into it, he was going to be an unrestricted free agent. He had any opportunity he wanted to go elsewhere. Steelers give him a bag. Yeah, he's hurt quite a bit, and you know the best ability is availability. And so far, I mean, he's played in majority of the games but doesn't practice very often because of injury. 
And maybe that's the reason why the product on the, on Sundays hasn't been there, what we've expected. He's had some games, you know, usually against the Browns, kind of kind of turning into uh, Wormley, who had games just against the Ravens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I don't think he's living up to that contract. And so for me, I'm giving him a C minus just because, you know, he's not living up to that contract. I think the Steelers may have put themselves in a little bit of a hole with this guy. Uh, and I'm concerned that he's he's not going to be a guy that's going to be dependable on, especially towards the later end of the season when it's getting colder and the season's getting longer uh, when it comes to the injury aspect. What was your thought on the re-signing or reacquisition of Larry Ogunjobi last offseason? Well, I wrote an article recently about the defensive line and how the stores need upgrades. And one of the reasons why is Larry Ogunjobi. Uh, he's not worth the contract. Uh I give him a C because with Ogunjobi, you could tell at the beginning of the game. If his, you know, he's a quick twitch athlete and he's got that great first step. If he makes an impact early in the game, he's going to give that other team fits. If they can neutralize him early, he disappears because he can't, he has no counters. He's not a power player. He doesn't have good counter pass rush moves. And he can easily get swept out, uh, especially against the double team. He's useless. Uh, they move him wherever they want him. So uh, I, I, I was happy they got Okajobi back. But as you say, he does struggle with nagging injuries. Not keep him out of games, but no practice. It affects him all week. Um, the Steelers need more cohesiveness, uh, especially when they had Hayward out for so long and you know you you don't want to count on Hayward too much as a 35 year old you know defensive lineman coming back off that major injury and another groin surgery this offseason so um yeah I, I was disappointed uh with Ogajobi I'll leave it as a C because he was functional C to me is kind of average mm-hmm. uh, he didn't do anything grand and he wasn't terrible but I expected more so I'm also a little disappointed and I would like to see an upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would too. You know, I think that it's, it's much needed when it comes to this defense When yep. you have the highest paid defense for a few years there. You know, the, the thing is for that, for me, isn't necessarily that it's, Oh, you're putting all your money there. It's more about, you know, if, if they're got, if these guys are getting paid, then they're probably in their second, third contract, which yep. means they're up there in age. And if you're going to be, you know, the highest paid defense year in, year out for a few years. It might have worked really, really good the first couple of years, but, you know, now those players are getting older. Mm-hmm. And so you need to bring in some of that fresh, those fresh bodies, those younger players to come in and and, and be effective. I mean, I think that, you know, Larry Gonjobi, when he's healthy, he's probably, you know, one of the top tier defensive linemen in the league. But when he's not, he's about average. And when you're paying somebody, you know, elite, well, maybe not elite money, but, you know, somebody that should be putting up more than what he's doing. Yeah. And, you know, this is what you're getting. Uh, to me, that's where I see the, you know, the C, the D uh, type grades for him. Thank God for Keanu Benton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Steelers need another one, though, man. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> Cam was hurt all last year as well. Oh, yeah. You know, he's going to be, what, 35 this year? Yep. That's, that's up there. And the season's not going to do any favors. The Steelers typically get, 
you know, how many primetime games. And last year they got two Thursday night games. It's a 17 game or 17 week season. And unless you're the first seed, you're not going to get a bye week. So and it's a long year for some of these yep. guys, especially for those that are a little bit up there in age. Um, you know, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to finish this conversation and we're going to also talk about the draft picks that were um, that came in last season and briefly talk about what we can expect for the future. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. Welcome back to the Hangover. I'm Daniel. Alongside with me is Shannon White. We're talking about you know the Pittsburgh Steelers, what they did last season, how good was their free agency, how good was their draft. You know, this year, in order for them to uh, get to where we want them to get, they're going to need to repeat. You know that type of offense or off season that they had last year. Uh, but before we get back into the conversation, I, I wanted to ask you, Shan, do you have anything coming up on SteelCurtainNetwork.com that you can plug in? Yes, uh, I have an article. As far as I know, it'll post tomorrow. Uh, probably usual slot at eleven. Um, again, I don't really start writing about draft prospects uh, until after the combine uh, because so much could change. But uh, I've been focusing on free agency. And this article is focusing on, as we talked earlier, there's a real need in inside linebacker that when people talk this offseason, we're all talking about quarterback. We're talking about cornerback. We're talking about uh, center. We're talking about offensive tackle. And we're talking about defensive line. All needs. But one huge need that nobody talks much about is inside linebacker. And so for this part of the article, uh, I'm talking about, I list about six guys who are free agents that the Steelers might look at, you know, to, to uh, strengthen this position next year. And then later on, of course, I'll cover the different draft prospects, but uh, that should be tomorrow. So check that out and, and see if there's anybody you think I missed. And cause you know, some guys are, I listed the expensive guys and I listed the cheaper guys because, you know, it's going to depend on what the Steelers can afford with what they do do this part of the uh, free agency starting up next month. So, um, yeah, I, I'm uh, uh, that'll be tomorrow. And then, of course, Wednesday, uh, we have your Pump Your Breaks podcast at 8 o'clock. And, uh, uh, you know, definitely check that out. We're going to have a special guest. <clears throat> nice. Nice. I look forward to watching that tomorrow. Make sure you guys are on Wednesday. Make sure you guys go and check that out. Uh, but you know, just curious, if money wasn't an option for the Pittsburgh Steelers and you can choose the inside linebacker of your choice that's out in free agency, which one would it be? Of the guys that are available this year, um, I'm a big Willie Gay fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, Willie Gay is so raw. When you watch him play, uh, he's not cerebral. He just see ball, hit ball. I mean, he just attacks uh, and punishes whoever's got the ball. 
all through the playoffs and then the Super Bowl. That's what he did. And, you know, he's won multiple titles now. Uh, and, of course, they've already got um, – um, I can't think of his name now, the other inside linebacker. He's the cerebral one. And they just let Gay – they just let him loose. Let him just go hit people. And he reminds me of Greg Lloyd that way. Mm-hmm. I know Lloyd was an outside linebacker, but they they are very similar in how aggressive they are. Um, so that would probably see. I'm not a Patrick Queen fan. Patrick Queen didn't impress me until he got Rolando Smith or Queen Smith next to him. You know, uh, so uh, he won't have that in Pittsburgh. But I think Willie Gay could come in and immediately bring that physicality and that that athleticism and speed. So that would probably be my pick if money wasn't an option. Nice. Now, now the biggest question on everybody's mind is going to be is, you know, what's his celebration game like? Is he going to <laughs> is he going to be able to compete with the former William Gay that was on this team? Uh, that's what everybody wants to know. You and know, everybody, we all wonder, you know, are they kidding? I mean, is this family here? I mean, you know. <laughs> if it is, you already know he's coming over here. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if, if for me in the middle linebacker position, I really like Devin White. You know, I think he was a guy that um, the Steelers maybe were looking at also when they picked up Devin Bush. You know, I think that they wanted to get one of the Devins when it came to uh, that draft. And well, they I, wanted they wanted White, mm-hmm. but they would they couldn't get up there because the Broncos already had a higher pick and they were definitely taking him. And mm-hmm. yeah, the, the Steelers didn't get the right Devin. No, no, they didn't. Well, they can they can fix that this offseason. Yeah. They're, they're making some moves to open up some money, you never know. I mean, they might come in a little bit aggressive, so we'll see. Um, But to get back into our conversation that we had earlier about grading some of these players that the Steelers got last year, you know, another one is going to be Keanu Neal. Did we talk about him? I don't think we did, right? No, we did not. Keanu Neal was a guy that came in. I thought he was going to be that thumper, and it was going to allow Minka Fitzpatrick to be the guy that was going to be the ball hawk guy, the guy that we have seen him in the position that he has succeeded the most. And unfortunately, Keanu Neal just couldn't stay on the field. And when he, you know, when he did, he did okay. I think he had one game where, uh, I think the game in play and where he got hurt was uh, either a fumble recovery or an interception that he landed on the ball and, and hurt his ribs or something like that. I think it was against the Packers. But outside of that, you know, he, he really – he really took a step back when it came to his speed. And for me, I'm going to give him a C minus uh, for Keanu Neal. What, what were your thoughts on his performance and play uh, this past year? I got to be really careful with when I evaluate him or grade him because it's not his fault that he's not Terrell Edmonds. I wanted Terrell Edmonds back. I predicted in the last podcast and the last article before the season started, I said, I'm scared that Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be stuck being a jack-of-all-trades, off-ball, linebacker slash, strong safety slash, free safety, and he's not going to be able to do what he does best, which is be a ball hawk. He had no turnovers. He didn't force any. He didn't need any interceptions. That's the first time in Fitzpatrick's career. They wasted a whole season of Minka Fitzpatrick because they didn't give Terrell Edmonds the multi-year deal he wanted. It wasn't wasn't even about the money. It was about the length of the contract. So when they brought in Keanu O'Neill, everybody's like, oh, he can replace what Edmonds give him. No, he couldn't. Neil is much slower. 
when he was at the Cowboys, he'd already moved to linebacker. Mm-hmm. He played, he was an undersized off ball linebacker for the Cowboys and a part time player. Uh, when he come to Pittsburgh, I said, this is not a good fit. And it wasn't. Uh, so I give it a D because I would give it an F, but it's not his fault that he's not Terrell Edmonds. But I, I'm not interested in – I know he's back, uh, but he's depth, in my opinion, at best, if he makes the team. They have got to upgrade strong safety. So the Fitzpatrick – you're paying him to be one of the highest-paid and best safeties in the NFL. Get your money's worth and be smart and get you an actual strong safety. I, I agree 100%. And I mean, there's nothing I can, I can't disagree with that. I'd like to see Mika Fitzpatrick back in his old role, you know, kind of moving on to the next player that was also brought back. This is kind of like Larry Ogunjobi was Demonte KZ. He was going to be a free agent. Steeler, Steelers brought him back. And I thought that he played well, you know, with KZ and Neil, I thought for sure we were going to see, you know, Mika Fitzpatrick back there doing his ball hawking thing, but no, it wasn't. And, you know, I, I thought Casey played better than what Neil played. Unfortunately, he got mm-hmm. suspended for the last part of the season, which I thought was complete uh, nonsense. Ridiculous. 100%. Yep. You know, find the guy, even though, honestly, I don't think I don't think he could have done anything differently mm-hmm. in that situation. You know, for those that don't remember, it was the pass to uh, Michael Pittman. Yep. And he went diving for the ball after Casey had already committed to um, you know, the tackle and and he went low in efforts to avoid any contact to the head, but you know, the receiver dove towards head yeah. first towards the ground and he folded backwards. So, I mean, it looked ugly and I get it. It was, you know, optically it looked bad and, and maybe even throw the flag, maybe even find the guy, but to, to, to completely, you know, suspend him for the rest of the season. And you knew that they overdid it when they suspended him also for the, for the postseason. Fortunately, he was able to win that back on appeal, but I didn't think that was worth it. To me, I thought he played okay. I'm, I'll give him a B minus, um, but I don't think he fulfilled the need that the Steelers were looking for. Um, and I think they want to put Mika back, and these other guys aren't letting him. So I'm gonna go with a B minus. What were your thoughts on Casey? Again, similar to Neil, I have to be careful with my evaluation or my grade because Kazee is a great deep field center field safety. He's got that range. Uh, he brings the pain. Uh, the year prior when he had Edmonds at strong safety, Fitzpatrick at free safety, and they would bring in Kazee to play that center field. I was comfortable. I, I, I mean, I knew that that's what Kazee excels at. Then people said, oh, he can replace, he can help replace Edmonds at strong safety. No, he's tiny. He, he's, you know, he can, you know, he, he brings a wall up because he brings every ounce of weight he has into a hit. But if he doesn't have that momentum, he gets run over. And we've seen the Browns run over him. We've seen, uh, I think it was one of the Raiders guys run him over. He, he's just a way of the size. Uh, he tackles better than Peterson, but that's not saying much. But Kazee, um, uh, I give him a C, but it really wasn't his fault because the Steelers, we're playing him out of position. So um, if they will let Kazee do what he does best and play the deep center field, he's very effective. And as far as the hit that he was suspended for, there was nothing else he could do besides just let him catch the ball. 
because it's tackle football and your job is to dislodge that ball from that wide receiver. And they arrived at the ball at the same time. Uh, and the only way you get to try to break the pass up is did to die for the ball too. And they, then they had the collision. There's no way that should have been a suspension. Yeah, I agree. This should not have been a suspension. And, and you're right. There was nowhere for him to go. Um, Where were you? Yeah. Yeah. So what did you give him as far as overall? A C. A C. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair grade for him. He was playing out of position, though. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely was. And I think that they made a mistake in letting Edmonds go. Do you think he uh, finds his way back on the uh, team this year? Or do you think he's uh, the damage is done there? He'd rather go somewhere else. I, I keep no seeing uh, rumors. And it's funny. One of the ladies that were um, my obstetrician, uh, where I go for my eye care, mm-hmm. she grew up with the family. Oh, wow. And so she knows me. She knows how big an Edmonds fan. So she follows our shows and reads my articles. And uh, that's how I know it wasn't about the money. It was about the length. He wanted stability to know he was going to be in Pittsburgh. Uh, and so I know they was hurt feelings. Uh, but, you know, playing for two teams last year, Edmonds didn't have the fit that he had in Pittsburgh with Fitzpatrick. So hopefully that both parties can be smart about this. And Edmonds realize he's most effective and most valuable to Pittsburgh. And the Steelers realize they need Edmonds and they can come to some kind of agreement this offseason because uh, that would be the optimal solution because Edmonds knows the defense. He, you know, he has that connection with Fitzpatrick. Let's bring him home. Yeah, I agree 100%. I was, I was disappointed when he left, you know, I thought that it was pretty apparent when he got hurt in his final year with the Steelers. I think he had a concussion that knocked him out for two games that the Steelers defense wasn't the same without him. And, you know, the physicality was lost there. More was asked out of Minka and, and that that did more than just take him out of position. That 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 also took away the the special play that he has. And you know, I think that really did hurt this defense. Like you Big said, time. you didn't have an interception uh this season. And you know, I think the Steelers did you know, a lot better when it came to forcing fumbles and things like that. But I think they had a little bit of a drop off when it came to the interceptions aspect of it. And I think that may have been a reason why is just, you know, having to fill in players in all different positions, you know, some of it due to injury, some of it due to uh, maybe just letting go of the wrong players and letting them get away. You know what I mean? Yeah, not only that, Daniel, Fitzpatrick got hurt. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he was he was in a lot of physical collisions that last the year prior would have been Edmonds. And Fitzpatrick was having to imitate Edmonds, and Fitzpatrick is not – the same type player and Fitzpatrick stayed injured a lot last year. Yeah. And we don't need that. We need him. Like we said, being a ball hog. Yeah. There was, there was a game, the one that he, he ended up really hurting his hamstring on, uh, where he was playing with a broken hand and had a club on it. Yeah. Bill. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know how many interceptions he's going to catch like that, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the odds were stacked against him. Needless to say. Yes. Um, Transitioning back to the offensive side, two players that the Steelers picked up in in, in the offseason that didn't really get a lot of playing time, LaRaven Clark, uh, Nate Herbig as well. Herbig ended up playing a little bit more. Uh, you know, when um, 
I think Cole went down for with an injury, and so did one of the other interior offensive linemen. Uh, he he went in there briefly for a couple of plays and games, uh, but overall, I mean, there's not really much I can say about either one of them. I didn't get a chance to see see them play a lot. Uh, I saw Nate Herbig snap in pregame at one of the games, and it wasn't very impressive. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, that's about it. That's the perfect Steelers center. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, speaking of the Steelers centers, do you think that them letting go Mason Cole at this juncture is because they think maybe a Spencer Anderson or or Nate Herbig or maybe even moving James Daniels over to center is a possibility? I don't think they want that to be the starter, but I think they realize they do have that option. You know, all three guys, as you mentioned. So, uh, But I think it was just really uh, to show that sense of urgency that – this is one of their main offseason focuses. But when we talk about Clark, uh, I know that Weidel knew Clark because mm-hmm. he come from Philly. Um, but Clark is a massive individual. But he's he's very much like Daniel McCullers, if you remember Daniel McCullers. Uh, <laughs> he provides it. great shade, you know, at Latrobe on a hot day. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. Uh, or or let's Zach Banner. I mean, let's just be honest. Zach was a large human being that didn't really offer much on the field. So when I see Clark, I'm like, he ain't gonna make it, and he didn't. Yeah. So uh, I can't even grade him. It'd be NA because he didn't do anything. Uh, I thought that I loved Herbig's attitude, and he said, "Put me out there, I'll do anything." I said, "Let him punt," because we always need a punter. <laughs> but uh, the thing about Herbie is I don't know if he's a good fit uh, anywhere but center because he has not got the mobility to excel in this outside zone scheme. Zone blocking is not his forte. He's a people mover. He's a he's a you know just a big bruiser, <laughs> and uh, I think he could give you some depth at center and 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 guard in a pinch, but. I don't think he's a great fit for Myers' zone blocking uh, scheme. So um, I expected more out of Herbie, but like you said, he didn't get very many opportunities. So it was kind of a wash. You know, it wasn't good, it wasn't bad. So I'm gonna give him a C. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, man. It, uh, I wish I would we could have seen more of him. I thought that mm. you know perhaps he could have been a guy that could have played center, especially when Mason Cole was. Was getting dominated by some of these exactly. big guys. Yep. You know, I felt that you know, at the least, Herbig is not going to have that happen to him. Exactly. I thought the same thing. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about Spencer Anderson either, as far as him being an option at the center position. I know we've spoken about it before, and that you've said that um, you you believe that his natural position or best position could be the center position, mm-hmm. and and. Maybe maybe he's shown something in uh, you know throughout the year. Maybe he proved in practice and things like that. That the Steelers feel comfortable with him, but you know, I, I think the Steelers are going outside of the organization for their new center. I do. I agree. I, I think that Anderson has a position. Uh, the fact is, is he can play all the positions. So he is the ultimate versatile depth piece. So mm-hmm. I think in the perfect world, the Steelers would have him wherever they need him. Uh, and and like like you said, they've got to get the Steelers always have a stud at center, and they got to get the next one. One hundred percent. 
Well, that's going to be it for the free agents, kind of transitioning into uh, the draft last season. Um, we'll go over the uh, – there's only a few of them. Uh, it started off with Broderick Jones. The Pittsburgh Steelers moved up in the first round to number 14 to select him. I'm going to give him a, a, a B- minus, just mainly because he didn't play f- the entire season. I don't think it's any fault to him. And then I think he was also out of position on the right side versus – I think he probably would play better and be more natural to him to be on the left side. You know, so with those things put together, you know, I think it did affect his play a little bit out there. There were times where he got a, uh, he got beat. And, you know, I think that maybe this year, you know, full off season on the, on the, hopefully on the left side uh, will improve the, the, the play. Uh, I gave him a B minus. Where are you at on Broderick? Uh, real fan of the young man. Uh, I'll go B plus. And the reason why is because he, he had a good attitude, even though they had him sitting on the bench behind Dan Moore Jr., who was the lowest graded left tackle in the NFL. And you have your first round draft pick that you moved up to take. And the kid is a stud. His only weakness is lack of experience. And you have him sitting behind Dan Moore Jr. And he wouldn't have got in even then if they hadn't got mad at Chuk Sakur for, for talking bad about the offense. And so they bitch him to punish him. And then, okay, Broderick Jones, you need to play the right tackle. And Broderick Jones like, I don't care. I just want to play. I like that attitude. I want that competitor says, put me out there. I'll figure it out. And even though that's not his natural position. So I'll give him a B plus. I think he is – Got the potential to be the best uh, tackle in Steelers history. Uh, I mean, I really believe he has that kind of athleticism and that kind of potential. So uh, very happy with Broderick Jones. He just needs some help. Uh, They need to get a a right tackle so Jones can stay on the left side. I agree. I'm I'm hoping they they do find themselves a right tackle so he can go back. Uh, You know, that's that's the position that he's – accustomed yeah. to playing you know i understand at georgia they had him on the right side during practice but you know you can't simulate nfl no. games in, in college practice even george as good as they are <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so uh I, i'd like to see him back on the left side i thought that when he did come in for an injury dan moore that he yeah. played really well you know on the left side so he was excellent that game yeah yeah uh, and then the next player that the pittsburgh steelers selected was it was Joy Porter Jr., cornerback out of Penn State. They got him with the number 32 pick from uh, the Miami Dolphins. You know, this was a guy that I'll be honest, I was kind of concerned going into the draft that the Steelers were going to go and get him at the, with the 17th pick. I was concerned that they were looking at a name, only had one interception. And my God, he made me eat crow on all those yep. things. Yep. You know, he's the best, you know, cornerback the Steelers have on the team. He was locking down you know, number one receivers across the board, I'm giving him an A. Uh, I don't think you can go lower than that when it comes to what he was able to do mm-hmm. and what he showed. And I don't think we've seen the best of him. You know, there, there could be a uh, a second-year jump. You know, I, I know he was a little bit handsy and stuff like that, but, you know, he was able to do those things. And he got a couple of flags, but not as many as you probably thought he did. What were your thoughts on Joey Porter Jr.? It's funny. I got to admit, just like you did, we did a round table after he was selected uh, on that Friday. And we were all kind of disappointed. 
because <laughs> I wanted the stewards to trade back because there was such value in that 30-second pick. Mm-hmm. And I thought they could still got Joey Porter Jr. And because I was concerned about how handsy he was. And, you know, he'd relied on that so much in college that he was going to just be penalized constantly in the pros. And as you say, I ate a lot of crow because that dude is the ultimate competitor. I mean, he was everything the Steelers haven't had a cornerback since Ike Taylor. And he just, he, he wanted to challenge every week. He asked for the best receiver every week. And then he talked smack and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're a rookie. That's the last thing you ought to do. You're going to get embarrassed. But maybe that made him, you know, play even harder and be more focused because he was scared of being embarrassed because he went out there and competed and he tackled much better in the regular season. He he looked bad in the preseason, but in the regular season, he tackled much better, especially as the year went on. So, uh, yeah, definitely an A. I think he is an answer to prayer. Now they just got to get him a running mate because uh, – the way you're going to maximize the pass rush is to be able to press and and take away the easy, quick passes and give those guys time to get home. I think Watt would have had 20 sacks or more this year if they could have had a little tighter coverage. Uh, and so, but I'm a huge Joey Porter Jr. fan. Um, somebody said, well, you know, he was one of the leading guys getting penalties. You know, he had a, a five or six, I think. Uh, but they're all handsy. That's the modern NFL. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they can't call them all. If you remember when the Legion of Doom in Seattle, I always said they do it every freaking play, but mm-hmm. they can't call it all every play because you wouldn't have a game. So yeah. they knew that. And and uh, so Joey Porter Jr., man, he, he knows kind of – he pushes the boundary. But look at how many great plays he made. So – I'm I'm very pleased and thankful that they have him. Yeah, I knew he was going to be something special when he intercepted that ball against the Ravens oh, down yeah. there yeah. on Odell Odell Beckham Jr. and and the the, the smack that he talked also to oh, yeah, him yeah. before and after the play was was awesome. But <laughs> you know that was fourth quarter goal line game yep. on the line doesn't get any more pressure than that and he was able to step up and you know that's when I was like you know this guy's going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler for a while. You know, I, I think he hurt OBJ's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> he may have. He may have. Yeah. Uh, but the next guy that the Steelers select also in the second round is Keanu Benton, a guy that I thought also played fairly well. I think, you know, I think he should have gotten more playing time. You know, I hated the mm-hmm. fact that they took him off the field. It was definitely um, you can see a difference in the, in the in the opposition. They ran the board, the ball better and more often when Keanu Benton wasn't there. And he was more than just a run stuffer. He was able to show that he can apply pressure to the quarterback as well. You know, I think he's going to be a star in this in this league as well. Now, I gave him an A as well, and uh, I'm looking forward to what he's going to be able to do come year two. Uh, definitely an A. Um, just coming out at first, I was like, "Well, I know he'll give him good run defense because he's such a man child." He. He even as as a rookie, he's throwing around NFL linemen. Uh, that swim move, and he get up the up and under, and he just topple them over. Uh, he's super strong, and that big base, lower body, uh, and he and he'll probably gain about 10, 15 more pounds, um, uh, just naturally. Mm-hmm. But to me, he's very similar to Cam Hayward, a young Cam Hayward. 
Um, and I was pleasantly surprised with the pass rush uh, because it, even if he didn't get there, he flushed that quarterback out many times. Mm. So he got pressures uh, because he was able to just collapse the pocket or penetrate. He, he had better quickness than I thought he did. So excellent selection. Uh, you know, that second round might have been the best second round in Steeler history. When yeah. you take Porter and Ben. Yeah, that, that definitely was a great round. I mean, I think the, the draft, all in all, is shaping out to be a good one. You know, the, the third player that was selected by the Pittsburgh Steelers in the third round, this was a guy that a lot of play, a lot of analysts and a lot of uh, those that followed the draft were thinking he could go in the first round, was tied in Darnell Washington. Now, for me, I think he had a little bit of a letdown season. You know, this team really didn't, especially under Matt Canada, target the tight ends, much less the second tight end. So I don't know how much of it was his fault that he didn't get the production in the passing game that he could have gotten. You know, I know when I look back at the all 22 and stuff that I saw him open quite a bit um, and he just never got the ball. So I'm not sure if there's something more to that or not, or maybe it's just the scheme. Uh, but when he did get the ball in his hands, uh, I thought that he was a force. He was hard to knock down. I mean, a guy of his stature and size, it should be, you know, his blocking, it started off really, really well. I mean, he ended up pancaking Bosa in that first game. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of towards the end of the season, it seemed like he was struggling a little bit. Maybe the season got long on him. I'm looking forward to what he can do this offseason and, and, and under a normal NFL season and maybe perhaps with um, Arthur Smith back there designing the plays. They can, you know, in, in, put him in there a little bit more. Uh, but for me, I'm going to go ahead and give him a C- minus for the overall for the year. Um, all the talk about him being a, a late first rounder uh, in some of the mocks, you know, last year was really just an overestimate. It was based on, you know, he wasn't used at Georgia either in the passing game hardly. Mm -hmm. And you see that talent, that length, the hands, the, the package, but he's never been able to be utilized that way, even in college. Uh, but I thought he went where he should have went about the third round. Uh, he's an excellent blocker, great size. Uh, I do think he wore down, as you say, uh, as the year went on. Uh, teams were, he didn't surprise people with his size and length anymore, and then it's a little tougher. Um, but I'm still very pleased to have him. The problem is to use him in the passing game, you need to let him have momentum. Uh, so many of it was run out five yards, turn around, catch it, and then turn and start trying to run. What he needs is to work the seams and work crossing patterns and then get the ball at full speed, and then he's going to be a load. But how many times that happened last year? Once? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe. So um, I think that in Arthur Smith's offense, he will be a much better fit uh, with the play action uh, if it's run successfully, he will be able to get hit in stride in the seams and, and across the middle. And I think we will see his numbers jump as the passing game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think I'll give him a B uh, pretty much just on blocking mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, we haven't seen what he can do as a pass receiver yet. But I think that that might be coming this year. 
Oh, I hope so. I mean, you know, him coming into the season, you know, him being uh, you know, drafted for the Steelers going into the season, the thoughts of, you know, um, 12 personnel, two tight ends out there, especially down in the goal line, 13 personnel with three tight ends, throwing Connor Hayward there, you know, let the defenses dictate what you're going to do as far as they come in heavy, you know, spread them out. They come in light, run it down their throat. And, you know, that – just never really played out. You know, it's kind of like that whole three safety look that the Steelers were trying to implement that we never really got a taste of it because of injury or, or, or suspension or whatever the case may be. Um, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what Arthur Smith can do with these guys. He's more of a run dominant and pass action, uh, pass uh, dominant uh, designer of plays or offensive coordinator. And I think he might be putting in a, a lot more for Darnell Washington. I'm excited to see what he can do this year. Um, and the last play that we're going to talk about in the draft that had any impact on the, on the, on the team or played any significant amount of games is the fourth round pick, Nick Herbig, you know, brother of Nate Herbig. And, you know, me again, this is a guy that I was a little bit worried that he had a lot of conversation coming into the season. Everybody was talking about him, you know, possibly being connected to the Pittsburgh Steelers basically because his brother was signed in the off season. I was a little concerned. I thought he was a little bit undersized. I thought that maybe perhaps he would be better positioned as the off off ball linebacker. And what he's been able to do is just kind of show everybody that he is an outside guy and that he can pressure the quarterback with the best of them you know, in limited amount of snaps. He got a lot of pressure and, and sacks and especially in some of them in really big moments, you know, for the amount of time that he was on the field and the amount of, um, splash that he made i'm going to give this young man an a for the season as well what what are you thinking about nick herbig yeah definitely an a uh i'm just like you we talked about it last year i thought he was going to be an off ball linebacker uh due to his lack of length uh and he's you know he he could put on a little weight but probably 240s max for him uh Mm. at his length uh but what is special about him He's got that great motor. Uh, he's relentless. But his closing speed, the sack he had against Seattle, he was 15 yards away, and you seen him coming, and it seemed like it was three strides, and he hit at Sacksmith. Uh, I mean, he just – I mean, it looked like a cornerback closing on the outside like that because Smith was out of the pocket. Um and he showed that burst to get around the edge and the bend. And so if he just puts on 10 pounds of muscle um, and can play near 240, um, he's going to be a handful for anybody. Uh, so he's definitely going to be part of that great rotation the Steelers have at edge and could be more. And he can make it down the line where you're like, well, let's trade a Highsmith who I love but let's trade him and fill some important needs. If you start getting close to being a contender, you have to make some tough decisions. So you can never have too much talent. And Herbig has immense potential because his attributes and intangibles like that closing speed are elite. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I definitely give him an A. And I expect even more this year. I agree. I expect him to be out there. I expect him to be. Um, really given an opportunity to show what he can do. Mm. Um, you know, it looks like overall, though, when you put the two together, the last year's free agency class versus last year's draft class, it does, ne- does look and appear that the 
the edge goes to the draft class as far as which was the uh, yeah which one was better. Uh, you know, this offseason, I think they're going to have to do the same thing. I think they're going to have to have a great off uh, free agency and a great draft. Uh, it's going to be Omar Khan and Andy Weidel's second go at this. Uh, I don't think Weidel's leaving, or as far as we know, he's no, not. No, he's not. No. And so, um, you know, I think there's going to be their second go at it. They get a second opportunity at getting a another elite draft class. Uh, I'm excited to see where they're where they're going to go. You know, who they're going to select. I think that you know the the cutting of Mason Cole kind of gives us a little bit of clue as far as where they might be looking at. Um, what are your expectations about this free agency and draft? Uh, you know, that's coming out before we call it a show. Well, I want them to tighten up the free agency. They were about 50, 50 mm-hmm. on the free agent acquisitions. Uh, they need to tighten it up because I don't think they're going to have as many. Uh, and so I'd like to see them, take a, a big swing uh, at one position, whether it's cornerback, which I, I would really like to see happen to get a proven cornerback too, to pair with Joey Porter Jr. Uh, let that be your big expenditure. If it's Swede or Johnson or who, um, and then, you know, you could fill in some lower price guys, but they need to hit this year. And if they could duplicate the draft that's great. Because they had an A plus or at least an A draft overall last year. If they could duplicate that, they're in good shape. Um, the way the draft looks right now, I think center, you need to focus on center and tackle uh in the draft. And uh they definitely need another young lineman, defensive lineman, and that inside linebacker as we were talking. Uh so um I, I'm I just think that if they clean it up a little bit and mm-hmm. don't have some of those misses, uh, they're in really good position to uh, have another huge offseason. I agree. I think they really put themselves in that position. They got, and they're making some moves right now to clear up some money. So I think that that's probably an indication that they either are going to bring in a few guys or maybe not so many, but some that are going to have a lot of impact because yeah, exactly. the price yeah. is going to be higher, obviously. So mm-hmm. look forward to that. Make sure you guys tune in and like, subscribe to the whole nine yards. That way you're notified every time that we come live or we post up any, um, you know, our audio only stuff. And um, I'm not sure if you guys have checked it out, but if you go and click on videos on the, pl- on, on our YouTube home, you can see some of the uh, audio side only podcasts like um, breaking news stuff that Jeff Hartman and, Brian Anthony Davis just did the other day talk about, you know, some of the information that they have gotten from their source. If you haven't seen that, go check that out. It's great stuff. But if, you know, you want to just kind of put it in your pocket and, and hear it in your headphones, check out the podcast side and the audio only side. Easiest way to get there is just kind of wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever, or steelcurtainnetwork.com where you can check out all our articles and up-to-date information and the podcast. So with that being said, uh, Shannon, take us out.